Ever feel like you're doing this teaching thing alone? You don't have to be. Share Teaching is all about sharing the workload through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Together, we'll walk through all the difficult parts of teaching and learn how to streamline our processes, fine-tune our time management, and develop a more manageable workload. If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now here's today's Shared Teaching. Welcome back to the Shared Teaching Podcast, episode number nine. Today we're talking all about my home virtual teaching setup. So I'm going to try to describe to you the best that I can, since you're not in the room with me, how I have transformed my home into my classroom this year. So I was sort of voluntold that I should be teaching from home. And the reason why that happened is because I have a six-year-old that is going to school and they said absolutely no outside personnel in school buildings, including staff children. So without a place to put her while I'm teaching that is safe and secure, she had to come home with me and I had to stay at home to teach. So it's actually kind of worked out okay. So what I found out and what I've been doing is I purchased a tall, let's see, one, two, three, four drawer cart from Michael's. It's kind of a a minty aqua color that kind of matches the rest of my living room. And it has wheels, so it's on some fairly decent sized casters. And so what I do is I have it wheeled into the corner of my living room where my computer desk used to be, which is now in my daughter's um, bedroom for her school. And it takes up the space that my desk used to take up, which was a very small Ikea desk. So when it's not teaching time, I have it rolled away against the wall. And when it's time for me to teach, I roll it out into the living room and I place it between my coffee table and my TV. So I do like to stand when I teach. I just find it more comfortable than just sitting all day. So I actually just stand and this shelf unit is tall enough that I can place my computer on top with a stand and teach while I'm standing. And then I have a bar stool that sometimes I bring in from my kitchen and about mid-afternoon, if I'm feeling pretty tired that day, I'll bring the chair over and sit. Or like we've been doing district testing for, what, three weeks now? (laughs) I will bring my kitchen stool over and use it to sit while I just, you know, painfully watch students take tests and the other students are working independently, sort of. So on this cart that has four shelves, let's start with the top shelf. So on the top shelf, it's pretty small. Um, Let's see, I wanna say it's about the length of two pieces of paper, maybe. So not a whole lot of room, but I feel like it's just big enough. So on the left side, I have my computer placed on top of a stand I bought from Amazon, and it's an adjustable stand, 
but it's a little wobbly. So the card itself can get a little wobbly. Not too bad, but just because it's on casters, it's on carpet, it can be a little wiggly. And then this stand I bought was you know, kind of in the cheaper range of the stands that I looked at. And so it can make my computer quite wobbly. So I would not recommend it if you do a lot of typing, but underneath my stand, there's enough room for me to put a mouse pad and my mouse. So a lot of it is just me click, click, clicking <laughs> to start meetings, open different files and do presentations. I'm not usually needing to type a whole lot. When I do need to type a whole lot, it's usually on my break and I'll just remove my computer from the stand and sit on my couch and type on my computer that way. So that is the top tier. And then I leave space to the right of my computer. And again, it's about the size of a piece of paper that can fit there and fit portrait-wise, portrait not quite landscaping. And I'll often stand to the side of my shelf when I'm using my document camera. So on the second tier is usually where I keep like my little signs. I have these virtual um, teaching signs that I used and I sent home to all the students. So there's a few of them for me as a teacher. So I have volume on, volume off. I have speech bubbles and a hand. I have camera on and camera off. I have a thumb down, thumbs up. I have a question mark and another hand, I think because I just needed something else on the other side. <laughs> and then for the students, I just gave them two. And theirs is a thumbs up, thumbs down, and the other side is a question mark and a hand raised. So when we could have the cameras on, the students simply just held up their little popsicle stick picture, and I had sent home the popsicle sticks and the papers on cardstock to cut out and glue, and that was our one of our first day of school activities. So they just held them up to the camera, and then I have my set, so when the kid's like, I can't hear you, I can't hear you, I have one that I show them the sound. <laughs> and I think I actually need to make one that's the Google Chrome button. I don't know about you, but when I'm teaching, Kids lose their tabs all the time, especially when we're doing our state test. I don't know if it's like a secure browser. I'm sure it is, but it minimizes and it disappears. And the only way to get it back is for the kids to click on that Google Chrome picture that's in the middle of their Chromebook. And then that shows them the other tabs that are open, including the test player. So having one of those would be very handy. I could flash it to the student and be like, find this. I do have it on a PowerPoint slide with the session name and password, <laughs> but you know what happens. It, it just would be easier in my life if I had at least that printed on a piece of paper <laughs> near me that I could say, find this button, <laughs> click on that. Okay, so that's in just a little bucket. And then next to that, I have another bucket that holds just my pencils, highlighter, dry erase marker, pens, and then to the side of that right now is kind of a mess, but I usually pile like what materials I'm going to use for that day. So if I need certain read aloud books, um, my attendance paper, they're usually on that shelf next to my pens and stuff. Going down on the third shelf towards the bottom, I have a little metal bucket and that has my markers. I find that using markers 
to write on a piece of paper shows up better on camera than just using a pencil or a pen, like especially when I'm modeling a story, I use a regular piece of notebook paper and one of my markers. And next to that, I have two little connecting square containers that I got from the dollar store. And those contain math manipulatives. So I have the red and yellow colored counters. And then in the other one, I have what I made for my 10 frames, which are popsicle, or not popsicle, pipe cleaners and beads. So the kids got 10 red beads and 10 pipe cleaners. So a total that they could make 100 with. And I sent those home as like a place value kit. And I will use those a lot to model my math because those are manipulatives I know I sent home with them and that they have access to. Okay, on the very bottom shelf, I have a large kind of library looking tub. One of those um, like book tubs that we would use in the classroom, except it's a wider one that I got from Big Lots. And it fits my teacher iReady textbooks and it fits them quite nice except I do have to have like a little box with inside the tub because you know what happens when it's it's loose and like really floppy books kind of get that curve to them drives me crazy so I put a little box inside that tub to kind of fill in that empty space and hold them up better so it didn't get that weird curve of the pages to them so that also has so it has my iReady math my iReady reading textbooks for the teacher, and then it has um, our blue writing folders. And inside the blue writing folder is an alphabet chart, a blends and digraphs chart, and a common rhymes chart. And then it has the noun printables that we sent home for students for like the first three months. And next to that, just laying on the shelf by itself, is my itty bitty document camera. It's a hue animation studio camera h-u-e hue and it's really small and i did borrow the elmo from my school but it's big it's huge it's bulky i was very fortunate one summer i went to a conference and i won this animation studio doc um, camera and it works as a document camera if i run it through quicktime on my mac so it's been life-saving i use it constantly every single day so it's probably my most used thing besides my computer that I'm teaching with right now so on the left top of my shelf moving classroom <laughs> I have it's magnetic so I put a little clip and that clip holds my daily schedule so it's just really simple to take it off, refer to it, slap it right back on the frame, and it's really handy. I must take it on and off several times a day to look at it because I'm still five weeks in, not quite used to the schedule, especially when it's been changing and fluctuating due to testing. So on the opposite top of the shelf, I have one of those pocket um, file holders. So like, I don't know, it's not a pocket well, I guess you could call it a pocket chart, but it holds, well, let's see, one, two, three, four, five pocket or five file folders. And my goal is to get them labeled. I made labels and I misplaced them somewhere. So my vision is that my first folder is just going to be the most important reference materials that I need 
handy on a daily, weekly basis. So things like my attendance list for that week can go in that top folder. Things like, right now I'm doing state testing, so the prompting for the state testing, the little script that we have to read, is going in that top folder. And like little notes that I might need. So I'm tracking like who's showing up for which part of the day and assigning them those assignments as needed which is a crazy idea. Don't follow my idea. (laughs) Right now, I'm just assigning it to everybody instead and just saying, hey, if you attended class live, just mark this as done (laughs) because I'm using Google Classroom. So that is a really good way. Do that. Don't do what I originally did, which was track all the names. That gets crazy. You want to have a life at some point. Okay, so after that, I have my math folder. And what I did before school started is we were fortunate enough to be able to give supplies to the students. They came and picked them up. I have a laminated 120 chart. I have four double-sided half sheets of laminated paper. One of them is for place value that has a space for hundreds, tens, and ones. One is a number bond. One is a fact family triangle. And I did not put the space for them to put the plus and minus facts on there. I make them do it themselves. I figure it's just extra practice. There is a more or less, um, what would you call it, T-chart to use with the 120 chart where you do the 10 more, 10 less, one more, one less. I have an open number line and I have a closed number line. And I think I'm missing one. Oh, I have the clock. So it has digital and analog. And let me think if I can remember what goes on the back of that one. I seem to have misplaced that one, and I misplace it frequently. Oh, it's in the bottom of the folder here. And on the back of that is two 10 frames. So we can do up to 20 on one side of the half sheet. So they're just laminated. I provided them with a whiteboard marker. And a lot of times, these will be my math warm-up. So I model how to use them, and the kids use them with me and we do a math warm-up with them. So that goes in my math folder. And then I have a reading folder, which right now is empty, a writing folder, which is also empty, and then I have phonics and grammar. And phonics and grammar, we have a very specific, I don't know, photocopied sheet that ha- that's lined, that has where the student puts the review words, and then they put the words for this week um, for their nice handwriting for phonics time. So that is laminated. That goes in there, so I just know where to find it during phonics time. And I'm putting the folders in order of which subject I have when in the day, so it's really easy to just kind of go down the list of the folders and grab what I need instead of me going, which folder is it in? That just made most sense to me. And last but not least, I am creating another tub that will live on the bottom shelf because that's where the heaviest stuff should go, probably, (laughs) so I don't tip over. (laughs) And those are my read-alouds that I am currently using. So a lot of the read-alouds I do find on YouTube, but I like to have my actual copies for reference, and then I can kind of hold it up and show it to the students. Now, hopefully that was helpful. And the last thing I wanted to say before I wrap up this episode is just that I really needed to have 
my living room, my living room, because I was really looking forward to having go to work, come home separation. (laughs) But unfortunately, that is not the cards I was dealt with. So to make the best of the situation, I wanted something that rolled out of the way. And I was looking at standing desks and they're crazy expensive, especially um, the ones I was looking at on Amazon. This was a more affordable version. I think it was on sale for $60 at Michael's. And then I think the stand was maybe about $30. So for about $100, I got myself a shelf that I can later use in my closet if need be. I return my home back to my home. But in the meantime, it's very small. It's compact. It's just big enough to fit my computer on top width-wise, and it can roll in and out of the way. And I really like that I have that kind of physical movement of like, okay, now my transition into mom time, family time has begun. And then I kind of roll it back out in the morning and I'm like, okay, mentally now I'm ready for my school day. So if you are teaching at home like me, that might be an option you want to look into. I did not decorate any of my walls. They kind of just stare at me. I did put numbers (laughs) around my clock, um, counting by fives. But also I have a six-year-old and she's learning how to tell time. So that's kind of a benefit for her. And it also kind of looks cute on my wall behind me. But I didn't want to go crazy with anchor charts and things like that. I'm just creating things digitally that the students kind of create and keep in their Google Classroom folders. So... That's all I have for you for now. Stay tuned for next time. Thanks for listening. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching, hitting that subscribe button, and leaving us a review on iTunes so we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Find new episodes each week on shareteaching.com. Thanks for listening to the Share Teaching Podcast.